we save the world. <laughs> we are Avengers. We'll probably be doing these movies till we have dentures. Yeah, we're hoping to escape without a scratch. We must protect the face of Cumberbatch. <laughs> Beautiful. I forgot about that TikTok until you sent me that. That is amazing. Every time I think about that song, though, I think about Michael Jackson's face. Yes. And you know what's so funny? I was out. I was out last night, uh-huh. and I was kind of bored at one point, and I was just like scrolling through Facebook, and I saw that <laughs> video, and I was like, I need to remember to like write the the lyrics of that song down <laughs> so I can sing it on the podcast. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing! <laughs> Thank you, James Corden, for that. <laughs> uh, it was perfect. It was more lyrics, but I was just like, "We just gonna stick to the first verse." <laughs> that, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. For everybody listening, I did not know that she was gonna sing that, <laughs> <laughs> and that was amazing. <laughs> oh, welcome back! Hello, everyone. This is episode five, six, six. Oh my, wasn't Captain America was five, wasn't it? Well, we have Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Captain America. And Thor. Thor, so this is six, okay. It's episode six of the South Side of Wakanda podcast. We are Yuri's Eye Patch and Phil Coulson's Captain America card. Oh, (laughs) that's cute. I love him so, so much. Um, so this is our Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and we are two best friends who discuss the MCC. MCC? What, what is What's that, that? for? I don't know. <laughs> MCU movies, TV shows, and everything about Marvel. If you've never seen the movies, or if you're just a casual fan and you love everything Marvel, this is the right spot for you. Today's episode will be about the Avengers. Yes. We don't have any emails this week. Or DMs. Or DMs. We actually did have a DM, but it's in reference to the Loki show. So we'll talk about that on the next episode. Okay. Um, so let's just get right into our icebreaker. And this week, we're going to play Would You Rather. Yay. Marvel edition. Okay. All right. So would you rather be protected by an army of Iron Man or sorcerers? Uh. You know, I'd have to go with Iron Man because mm. I, don't be I don't want none of that witchcraftery <laughs> around me. Those Jehovah's Witnesses roots coming up. <laughs> I don't want none of them demons. You know what? You might be okay, though, because from what we've seen in all these movies, Tony Stark is always prepared. Mm-hmm. He's very, like... He is, it's like he was a Boy Scout. Yeah, he thinks he has, of every scenario. Yes, he has like plan A through Z. Yeah. So I think I'd be okay with a fleet of Ironmen mm-hmm. or, yeah, I'm good then. Yeah. Because even, I mean, what, for I'd most, be in a house. So. Right. For most <laughs> threats, I think you'd be just fine. <laughs> with one, but right. if I have a whole army of them, I'm untouchable. you heading to King's Landing. <laughs> Taking over shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so would you rather be able to control minds like Wanda or control feelings like Mantis? Even though I don't... Yeah, I she feel, can't control feelings. Okay. Aren't they kind of like one in the same? 
Kind of, because Wanda can make you see things that aren't there. She can put you in a reality in your mind. But Mantis, like, can make you go She's to sleep, like make empath, you feel happy. Empath, like, yeah. she feels it, and she also, like, can make you, yeah. yeah. I'd rather have Wanda's power. Yeah. I already, I said, what was it, two weeks ago that I would probably be some form of, like, a villain anti-hero. So I would definitely use those powers to my benefit. Yeah. I I would just mind control, like, go to work. You want to let me go home. You want to give me more money. Actually, it's Saturday. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Actually, I'm the boss. Right. (laughs) Would you rather watch old movies with Peter Parker or take archery lessons with Clint Barton? I'm definitely taking archery lessons. Ooh, okay, Katniss. Mm-hmm. Come through Hunger Games. Yes. <laughs> Just in case it's a zombie apocalypse, I feel like that is a better skill to have. I watch old movies by myself all the time, I know. so I'd rather just have that skill. I was torn between this one because Peter Parker has really good taste in movies mm-hmm. from what he references. He likes Alien. I love the Alien franchise, so I feel like that would be fun. I've but... never seen one of them. <sighs> I have the box set. What did I just get myself into? <laughs> uh, would you rather have Thor's in-game body or Mantis's antennas? So, dad bod or awkward things sticking out of the top of your head? I'd rather have <laughs> neither. But <laughs> uh, I guess if I have to choose something, I'd rather have a dad bod. And yeah. I can't work it out. I can't work out. I don't know. It's... I'd rather have the dad bot. Yeah, because I feel like people would make the antennas awkward. Yeah. Like, if we're in America. Everybody has a I dad was, bot. I was just <laughs> thinking that. I'm like, in America, like, chances are yeah. I'm not the only fluffy person. So yeah. I'd so much rather have that than... I feel like people would be trying to touch your antennas. Like, what is that? Especially little kids. And people would just stare yeah. and make it weird. Try nah. to say you can't come in. We don't serve antler people. I'm like, antenna well, people. That's discrimination. That's racist. And I'm going to the Better Business Bureau and talking to their manager. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to write a letter. <laughs> Would you rather be inevitable or perfectly balanced? I got to go with uh, Big Daddy Thanos on this. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't both of those him? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, I like being imbalanced. I want to be inevitable because it sounds Im- evil. Yeah. You over here talking about your pH? I'm talking about taking. I didn't say my pH. I said like a chemical imbalance in my brain. Oh. When I felt when I hear the word balance, I think about pH. Oh, I think about my brain and my mental disorders that I may or may not have that I've uh, self-diagnosed because of TikTok. <laughs> TikTok be having us all just, oh, well, I have that. Definitely have Looks a like personality have disorder according to TikTok. Definitely ADHD, <laughs> depression, stress, anxiety. All of it. <laughs> Would you rather the Green Lantern join the Avengers or Aquaman? So DC crossover vibes right now. I have no clue what Green Lantern even does. He's like a protector. He has a ring that can 
make shapes, any object he can think of, like a machine gun, a beluga whale, mm-hmm. whatever you want to come out of that ring is going to come out of that ring. Interesting. Would Aquaman be Jason Momoa? Yes. Yes, then him. <laughs> I don't even know why I even Period. <laughs> I don't even know why I asked. Okay. Uh, you want to do a few more? Sure. Okay. Would you rather live under Hydra's fascist rule or live freely after Thanos' snap? I feel like it'd be less traffic after Thanos. Yeah. Less pollution. No lines at Target. Oh, man. That's awesome. But there probably be less workers. And it might be like half of your family gone, too. Uh, I feel like with no traffic, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. <laughs> Woo! Okay. <laughs> Hopefully you are amongst the chosen ones in, in a Shanice Snap universe. <laughs> Good luck to y'all. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to do one more. Would you rather have Thor as president or Black Panther? I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Period. <laughs> I feel like Thor would be a bad president. Oh, he would be terrible. He didn't even want to be king of Asgard, so how can he handle being president yeah. of the ghetto United States of America? No. Mm-mm. Absolutely as not. As fine as he is. Oh, wait. Know. You know what? I um I had two more that I really want to hear your answers for. Okay. So, would you rather be called Winter Soldier or White Wolf? I'm going to go with White Wolf because I am wearing my King in the North shirt. And in episode uh, 10 of season six, they called Jon Snow the White Wolf. Ooh. Before they called him the King in the North. King in the North. <laughs> I know no king but the King in the North. Whose name is Stark. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather have Disney Plus a Disney Plus series about Valkyrie or a series for Monica Rambeau? They're both black women Yeah I made this one up to make it especially hard That's really hard Because I want both of them I feel like the Valkyrie show would be about her time In New Asgard And being the new queen Yeah And then Monica's show could be about her Her Discovering her new powers Yeah How about Honestly, Disney needs to do both. I'm just saying, like, they should just team up and have their show together. I'm not, I refuse to pick. All right. (laughs) That's fair. Because I want both. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's our icebreaker. Now let's get into the show. Um, Shani, did you find anything, like, interesting? I did. I did a little research about um, Natasha and Barton because... Mm -hmm. They're the only ones that haven't had any standalone. They've only been kind of uh, cameos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, Barton like was a cameo. Characters. Yeah, Barton was a cameo. But one thing I found that was interesting is they retroactively, um, what is it called? They retro retroactive continuity. So retconned. they they retconned Black Widow. Mm. So in her first. When she was first introduced to Marvel, she was trained as a um, as a spy as when she was older. Mm-hmm. But then they, you know, retroactively <laughs> made it so that she was in the Red Room mm. and everything. And that's the background of the Black Widow that we know now. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see that movie because I think that they'll probably yeah. do a little bit more background on that. And I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, 
And Endgame didn't, when they were on Vormir, didn't they say that her dad's name was Ivan? Yeah, I think he said. But I guess it's too Ivan because it must, it could be just like a very common name in Russia. I think so. Because uh, something that I found was like the person that raised her in the ver- in the first version of Black Widow, his name was Ivan, mm. but he was kind of just like a chauffeur and confidant type of guy. Mm. But then um, once they did did it re- retroactively, he's the one that gave her to the Black Widow program. Mm. So I was just wondering. Something else that I found that was interesting, a lot of the Avengers are orphans, except for mm. Thor. Yeah, because then parents died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony's Barton, parents died. Barton, actually, his parents died, and him and his brother joined the circus. And he was wow. trained by a character named uh, Trickshot, mm-hmm. and he was trained to be a master archer. So mm. he was an orphan. Black Widow was an orphan. And I'm Tony a, was an orphan. We don't know anything about Bruce Banner's parents. In uh, we just know that his dad was abusive mm-hmm. and his mom might have still been alive. But I just thought that like they all kind of had like... Yeah. But outside of Thor, who was just... <laughs> right. <laughs> grew up perfect. <laughs> yeah, he did. And then Captain America was an orphan. Wow. I just think that it's interesting that this band of like broken beings just kind of came together i guess that was cool it's probably easier for like comic book writers to make superheroes orphans because then you don't have to like worry about like family backstory yeah and stuff like that yeah also black widow in the first version was uh linked romantically to barton Mm. but then in the second one she was romantically linked to the Winter Soldier. Yes, I did know that. Yes. And honestly, I want to see that movie. I know. that. Could you imagine? Sorry, my cat is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I think, like, and that's one of the ideas that people were, were like, putting out there. Like, it would have been great because... And that's a hot couple. Civil that was War, when she says, like, oh, you could at least recognize me. me. Yeah. yeah. And she talks about, like, having encountered him in the past. Like, that would have been a, a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, two killer assassins. Like, that. I think it would be cool if he had a cameo in Black Widow. Mm. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Dang, two. Mm. I didn't have to that's do that a, like that's that. like a missed opportunity. It is. Like they did her so wrong. And I actually like wrote that down in my notes. So we'll get to it. But they 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 could have did her way more justice, but whatever. What else did you find? Um, that was it actually. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the movie a little bit. So Avengers came out in twenty twelve and this is like a year after Thor and Captain America, because those mm-hmm. were both in two thousand eleven. Um, it was directed by Joss Whedon. And at that time, he was really just like a screenwriter. He had only really done the Buffy and the Vampire Slayer TV show, which he was actually the creator of that. And I had no idea. Oh, wow. He also did the the spinoff Angel. And he wrote a very popular um, run of the X-Men comic book series. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he is a comic book nerd, which made him a good pick for this. And he actually did... A great job this movie made it was like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes and it made I think 1.5 billion or something like that mm-hmm. 
So at that point, it was the highest grossing uh, Marvel film that they had done. And that's how he ended up getting assigned to the, uh, the second Avengers team up movie. So this movie was really in production, like super, super early. It was really the first thing on their mind. So they had a plan that they wanted these specific characters in the movie, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk. And they decided to first give them their own individual movie so that it made sense when they all teamed up in this movie, Mm -hmm. which is just excellent planning. I can think of another franchise that could use a planner or two. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I think like this is why this movie did so well because you had hooked all of these people on these stories. So of course, everybody's going to go to the show. At this point, are kind of like emotionally invested. Exactly. So... There was not uh, too much drama. The only thing that really stands out too much is the obvious recast of the Hulk. And we talked about this when we talked about that uh, that movie. But I just wanted to go a little bit more into detail about Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. So he is actually perfect for this role because he had a very traumatic past. I know. Prior to him being an actor, like his family ended up moving to San Diego, I think. And they ended up going bankrupt, which makes sense because San Diego is extremely expensive. It's very beautiful, though. Yeah. Then his dad, like, abandoned their family and moved back to Wisconsin. And they were just super, like, poor and devastated by just their family pretty much falling apart. Right. Then uh, he decided to be an actor. He got his own apartment with some roommates and his younger brother. And they were just, like, living in poverty, like, extreme poverty. He said that they would make, like, a big bowl of tuna and they would just eat that for like a week. Aww. Yeah. And during this time, like he said, he felt like he had undiagnosed dyslexia when he was growing up. So that made things really hard for him. And also he had severe anger issues. Like he, he even said in an interview, like if you came into his apartment, you would see like posters and pictures just hung up in weird spots to cover the holes that he was punching in the walls. Oh, baby. Yeah, he said he would be throwing shit, throwing dishes, anything he could pick up. Like, he had a lot of issues. And, you know, he also suffered from anxiety and other mental issues. So he eventually overcame that. His acting career, like, took off. And now, like, all of his co-stars love him, and they call him, like, a big teddy bear. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, he just is perfect to be Bruce Banner. Yeah, and if you... If you remember the backstory and everything that I gave about Bruce Banner Mm -hmm. uh, when we did The Incredible Hulk, that really sounds very, it's so parallel. Yeah. Basically, like, their lives are really parallel. Um, Poor Mark. What do you think about him as the Hulk? I actually, I think I like him better. No, I I don't know why I'm saying I think. Like, I definitely (laughs) like him better just because, like, his timid nature like he comes off as way more timid like and Mm -hmm. passive because that's how they described him in the books like he was way more passive and everything so he just seemed way more passive Mm -hmm. than edward norton yeah it seems like more natural that he is that way yes because i feel like edward norton he tried his best and i think he did do a good job but i can tell that he knows that he's the shit in real life yes (laughs) exactly so Mark's performance came off a little bit more authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Like when I was watching it, like, you know, just the way he's just kind of like slouches over. He's just like, I don't want to be in it. And like, he fidgets and he's just like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So 
it's way more believable to me, like to him as Bruce Banner. Yeah. And I know some people like Edward Norton better. That's fine, but to me, I just I think it fits, and I really couldn't see. And he's funny. Else doing he's it. He's like yeah. goofy. Like he is. He looks like a a physicist, right? He's a yeah. physicist. So he just looks like that type of character, like the kind of neurotic and a little off. <laughs> Socially awkward. Socially awkward, like all that. Like it comes off a little bit more real. Mm. Um. So that was pretty much all I found. I did try to find um like some interviews or like information about how it was filming with Joss Whedon, but I didn't really see any of that. Um, he did get ripped to shreds for Age of Ultron, but we'll get there. Um, and then the only thing I found was like, I started watching interviews from the cast when they were like promoting the movie and Scarlett Johansson was just getting sexually harassed in almost every interview. And it was sad. Like you could see she was visually upset. Yeah. She was constantly being asked about her underwear, like what she wore under her costume and People would ask, like, the rest of the cast, like, the guys, like, philosophical questions about their character, character motives, plot arcs, all of that. And they would ask her, like, so what do you think about the fashion in the movie? And she would just be like... That's so sexist. Yes. And I love her because she actually was calling these people out, like, oh, so that's the question I get? Everybody else gets asked better questions? You ask me Good about fashion? Her. Yeah. Good for her. She definitely was. And you can even see, like, the guys. Like, it was a few... It was an interview she did with Robert Downey Jr., and that one, the guy asked, like, how is it wearing your costume? And Robert Downey Jr. just kind of looked down, like, why the fuck would you ask her that? Right. And another one was, like, the guy he tried to, like, when she called him out on it, like, do you ask anybody else, like, what kind of under their underwear they're wearing? And he was like, no, that's not what I meant. She was like, but you just asked me what I wore under the suit. Obviously, it's a skin-tight suit. So why would you ask me if I was wearing clothes underneath it? Like, it's fucking weird. Yeah. And he tried to be like, no, that's not. He was, like, stumbling over his words. And Jeremy Renner was, like, sitting right there. And he was just, like, shaking his head. Like, this shit is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And you know what's so sad? Not, I mean, I didn't watch those interviews. But mm-hmm. when I do watch interviews for people like Paris Hilton or Britney Spears and stuff like that, mm-hmm. people would ask them questions. And, like, in Britney Spears' case, like, she was a teenager. And people are mm-hmm. asking her, like, all these kind of, like, sexual questions. And, honestly, these people that was giving these interviews need to be called out for it yeah. now. Because yeah. it might have been a little bit more acceptable or you thought it was acceptable. You weren't going to get called out for it in the mm-hmm. past but it is not okay to like yeah. sexualize a woman like that yeah like she's literally doing her job and she didn't really think of herself as that like even though she did have to have on the skin tight suit she, when she is asked about the movie she was like i never really felt like i was one of like i was the only girl because she's like i'm not anybody's love interest or sex interest in mm-hmm. the movie i'm fighting and training with stunt trainers just like them so she's like i never felt like I was a girl, like the only girl, and like I just felt like I was a badass superhero. Exactly. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. It, it was. I'm glad she stood up for herself. Me like, too. In a lot of those interviews, they don't, and it's just like they just kind of awkwardly smile and be mm-hmm. polite and all of this stuff. It was an interview. I think it was like with Barbara Walters, mm. and she was being such a bitch. Like, wow. yes, I think it was, it, I can't remember if, which one of the two it was. It was probably Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. And she just looked so uncomfortable, like she wanted to fucking cry. And yeah. I'm like, good for Scarlett Johansson for like actually like sticking up for herself and 
calling these people out. Yeah, good for her and free Britney Spears. Yes, hashtag free Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to get into the the movie? Yes, ma'am. All right, so it opens and we have like a little voiceover, and we know that the Tesseract has As awakened. <laughs> Very ominous. <laughs> so Loki um, is given the scepter and sent to Earth to get the cube. So that's his main goal. Mm -hmm. And in exchange, he's supposed to be given Earth as like his prize to rule over. And so I don't know if we should like say like why he needs the cube or are we just gonna let that unfold? Uh, We can talk about it. So essentially he was sent to Earth to get the cube because inside of the cube is an infinity stone. And at this point, he is working for Thanos, and it's, this this is really important for the rest of the MCU. Mm -hmm. So, so on Earth, uh, we see the Shield base is in distress because of the Tesseract is throwing off energy and yes, they are um, an, an an evacuation is basically taking place, and Doctor Silva says that the um, energy from the Tesseract had a surge, but no one was actually testing it. it he was like it's behaving yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just started doing shit mm -hmm. and so they all are supposed to be evacuating and nick fury instructs maria hill and i think is this the first time we see agent hill uh i believe so okay and she's important i actually really like her but i uh, i don't like kobe Smol smolders why? I don't know. I don't even think is that I don't like her. It's just I didn't really like her character and how I met your mother. Mm. So now I just kind of every time I see her, I see her character from there. So yeah. <laughs> I feel you. That's that's what it is. Okay. Because I feel like I will. Um, what is his name? Josh Brolin. I feel like every time I see him, I'm just like, look at you and your evil chin. Oh, well, your evil chin. <laughs> After these movies, Josh Brolin is always going to be Thanos to me. I feel that. Um, so he instructs her to evacuate and take the phase two prototypes, um, which are actually weapons. And she's just like, is that really your priority right now? And Samuel L. Jackson says, until such time as the world ends, we will act as, the, as though it attends to spin on. Mm -hmm. And this just reminded me of like every employer during the pandemic yeah. last year, like, Look, motherfuckers is dying from a virus. I don't care. Y'all ask me the clock in, though. Right. <laughs> we go keep working until this shit is really over with. Oh, my God. Just terrible. Toxic. So toxic. Terrible people. <laughs> so she, you know, goes and follows her orders. And then we see Hawkeye again. They try really hard to make him look cool. Where's, the, where's uh, Barton? The hawk? He's up in his nest. That's what Selfix said. I... I'll get to it, but I'm going to defend him later. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it. All right. We'll get to it. So he, he was watching the whole thing, and he actually did have a very uh, good observation. He did. He He's the one that said there um, that the cube is a doorway and mm -hmm. doors open from both ways. I was like, yeah. That is a good point. He actually is very smart, and I feel like I know what you're going to say to defend him, but we'll get to that later. But he is, like, very observative. So him like being up high and just like watching how things go he down. He watches everything that's happening. Yeah, even in Thor when he was like sent up to see like what was going on, like 
he's able to peep things, peep strategies. Mm-hmm. So then Loki arrives looking very, very evil. Mm-hmm. He has longer hair since we last saw him in Thor, and he has a flip. Yes, I noticed that at the end. I was just like, not Loki with this little flip. Like, how he had the layers used, too. Yes, how we used to get our hair done when we were yes. in like seventh grade. Yes, I remember that. Getting my, my mama would press my hair, and I would ask her to flip the ends instead of bumping the ends. It oh was a thing. God. Cringe. Why was it a thing? So cringe. <laughs> so Loki comes, and he says, "I am Loki." Of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I love that. That was actually the name of the um, the first episode of Loki. Mm-hmm. Yep, callback. Mm-hmm. So he brainwashes uh, Barton and Selvig and a few other people. And I'm summarizing here, but he pretty much intends to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. They take the Tesseract. And they get up out of there. He also says basically what his whole goal is. He wants to get rid of the freedom. Mm-hmm. He wants a world that's free from freedom because I guess freedom just be fucking us up. Yeah, he don't believe in it. He believes in being a dictator. So they all barely escape the building, um, which literally like implodes into the ground. Is this the same building that we see in Captain Marvel? I don't think so. Um, so the next thing we see is Black Widow in her element. She has been captured, Mm -hmm. air quotes, and they are like, these Russian guys are trying to like torture her and she gets a phone call from Agent Coulson. And basically she's like, I'm working. Like, this idiot is giving Giving me everything. everything. He's just like, I'm not giving her everything and she, you know what she's so smart because that conversation i was listening to it and i didn't hear any of the things that she heard but i guess that's why she's good at her job exactly <laughs> so colson tells her that barton has been compromised and immediately she's like the mm-hmm. bestie period exactly so she beats all those dudes up mm-hmm. while tied to a chair and yeah. then she like fairly easily yeah She's, she's such a boss. She is. She that bitch. Okay, y'all, like, y'all not gonna talk about her. Eggs. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> so um, she easily gets out of that jam, and she thinks that she's you know about to go find Barton and do all that. But Colson actually sends her to get Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. So we see him, and uh, when she. When he tells her, like, no, I want you to get the big guy. And she's like, uh, Tony trusts me about as far as he can throw me. Right. And she's and like, like no, no. The other big guy. And she says, oh, je moi. And I know one line in Russian because of this movie. <laughs> what, what does it mean? I is think it, it just means like, oh, my God, or That's something. That's what I was going to look it up, but I'm like, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, yeah. how to spell it. But it reminds me, that reminds me of um, Batman Forever. When he's like, oh, he took the car. And he's like, oh, like the Rolls Royce or something like that. And he's like, no, sir. The the other car. (laughs) (laughs) So we find Bruce Banner. I forgot like where he was. Did you write that down? I think he was in India. Um, Oh, he says uh, later on that he was in Calcutta. Okay. He will cow cut a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) It's stupid. Every time, every time somebody says Calcutta, I'm like, I will Calcutta, bitch. <laughs> Thank you, because that's a part of my lexicon. <laughs> 
So he is there um, in another like secluded area full of people of color, much like he was in the first Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. And but this time he is like kind of acting as a doctor and triaging people and helping those that you know can't get to actual health care. And a little girl is sent to basically lure him out. She tells him that like her dad is sick, but she lures him to a bunker in like the middle of the woods and runs off. And Natasha is there. And um, he was impressed. He was like, he thought she was a spy. He was like, I didn't know they were starting them that young. She was like, I did. Right. Which is another like, damn, her life is so fucking interesting. Can we get her movie? Mm-hmm. Like we should have had her movie before this one, but whatever. So uh, when she when he's talking to her, she mentions that Shield never lost track of them, and that reminded me of the first Incredible Hulk movie. And I'm just like, wow. So they must have like after they found him. I guess they were just like, okay, this is interesting. We gonna give him his space. But... Yeah, because obviously he's dangerous. Yeah, and she said they also kept interest other interested parties away from him, and I'm assuming she's referring to General Ross mm-hmm. at that point. So um, he mentions in their conversation that he's been a year without incident and that he's a lot more in in control of his emotions than people give him credit for. Well, he doesn't say that, but that's apparent because he pretends to be angry, which scares the shit out of her. Uh (laughs) And he kind of like laughs like, damn, I'm sorry. My bad. Right. (laughs) Um, So in the next scene, Nick Fury is leading a meeting with the Legion of Doom. Or whoever they think they are. I always just put the council because I'm not 100% sure if they actually said what they were, but they just kept saying the council, the council. Yeah. But is it like the international council? It's something. I know. I think they say it in Winters in the um, Captain America Winter Soldier. They probably So do. we'll probably get their actual name in a couple movies. Yeah. Which I'm so excited about, by the way. Oh, yeah, that episode is going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the council is worried uh, about Asgard and that, like, they're wondering, like, are we now at war with them? Like, what's going on? And he's like, no, it's just one person. Yeah. And he asks, um, they actually want him to put more focus on phase two because they're like, if we're going to be at war with some aliens, like, we're going to need some heat. That's what you need to be focusing on. But Nick Fury, his main focus is the Avengers mm-hmm. and putting that team together. And he thinks that that's the priority. And honestly, he was right. Yeah. And he does mention that um, that they're uh, isolated and unbalanced. But with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. And we see that a little later on as well. Yeah, he was an excellent project manager. Mm-hmm. Put that on his resume. <laughs> um, so after that, we see Captain America for the first time since we've seen his movie. And actually, this scene, well, part of this scene was in the uh, the post-credits for that movie. So he's just in there training, and Nick Fury tells him that he has a mission to save the world, and it involves the Tesseract, which Steve has had experience with. And I, I thought it was interesting, the story that he sells to Steve and everybody He's like, the Tesseract is the key to unlocking sustainable energy. That's all he keeps saying. Mm-hmm. And then we... Like they trying to save the damn planet with, you know, reducing greenhouse gases and shit. But we know that that is a lie. Well, we get to it, but... Right. We know it's a lie. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, I wish I could sleep for 70 years. That sounds amazing. Yeah. He must be so well-rested. I had to have, like, surgery once, so they put me under... And when I woke up, 
it was just like I felt so rested and that's probably how he felt probably or it was just like he woke up even more tired you know when you sleep too long yeah you're still tired wait ain't that how uh Michael Jackson died like being put to sleep I can't remember I know it has something to do with some type of drug man not drugs like narcotics but uh hmm. like that type of that. stuff yeah. yeah it was something about that and shit good sleep is addictive so mm-hmm. I, I under- it's not right but I understand right and he does he tells uh fury he's just like you should have left the tesseract in the ocean mm-hmm. should have left it where you found it and he was right because honestly them doing all of this all the experiments yeah i mean and we get to it later but the reason why they felt that they were ready for war with aliens mm-hmm. what well, aliens thought that they were ready for war with earth was because they were developing weapons from the tesseract and i wonder like if they had left it at the bottom of the ocean because Loki, like, looking for it and trying to be, like, beamed to Earth is what activated it, right? So if they would have left it in the ocean and Loki, he probably would have just came and grabbed it and left. And nobody would have known about it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I got to think about that. But, okay, so the next scene is we see Iron Man and he is working on Stark Tower, powering it up and his new suit is now underwater capable. He got FaceTime video on the helmet. Mm-hmm. The removal process has been upgraded again. Yep. So it's just like, okay, somebody has been busy. And then him and Pepper have this funny conversation about you know, Stark Tower and all of this and Tony had the audacity of saying Pepper should give herself at least 12% of the credit. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this is definitely a Joss Whedon thing because in every movie we've seen before this, he's just like, Pepper, you the bomb. You the beast. You the CEO. Run that shit. And yeah. now you're going to talk about 12% of the credit. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, if you don't get your ass. <laughs> That's so, funny. But I like how she came back and she was just like, yeah, next time I want my name on the lease. Oh, I Get know. the bag, I Pepper. Love that. I, on, yeah, dude. I love that. <laughs> So as they're like talking, Coulson breaks into Stark Tower um, and then tells Tony about the Avengers initiative, the pending mission. He pulls out the files and he sees like the whole team. And then Pepper's is like, let me go ahead and escort myself out of y'all business. It's funny that she called him Phil and he's just like, his first name is Agent. <laughs> <laughs> he has like whoever wrote for him like he is funny in this movie hilarious in this movie this is like when he starts giving people nicknames and you know how i feel about nicknames so i was living for all of it yeah so then um steve finds out about bruce banner so this next scene is he is in a the quinjet with colson they're going to the helicarrier and he's like reading through the files and colson tells him that Bruce Banner ends up becoming the Hulk because they were experimenting to find another super soldier serum like what Steve had. Mm-hmm. And like you can see in his face, like Steve is like kind of like guilty a little bit. He's just like, wow, this is he living like this. And it's partially because of me. Technically, it's partially because of Erskine. But yes, <laughs> but Steve is such a good guy. Like he just empathy. Yeah. And I really love how like when we do see him on the um the helicarrier meeting Banner for the first time, he's just so nice and he doesn't like bring it up. Right. He's just like, "Hi." But I'm getting ahead of myself. So <laughs> <laughs> So we see uh Loki's operation for the first time after he has kidnapped and brainwashed all of these people and he has this like I guess it was like an astral projection 
like conversation. Mm-hmm. When Wait, I, I thought that it was either like they put it in his mind because mm-hmm. when he touches his head, he, it all disappears or mm-hmm. they astral project it. Yeah, some some weird space shit is going on. But he's able to have a conversation with the leader of the Chitauri and he, um, they, during this conversation, we learned pretty much that after he left Asgard, he got wrapped up in the wrong crowd. Right. Got into some bullshit. Looking for power and validation. That's his main problem. And now he's, like, wrapped up into this stuff. And I know, like, and, like, now that all these movies are over, like, people say that he was, like, under mind control during this whole thing. No. I could kind of see it, but at the same time, it makes sense for him to just be making these decisions on his own. Especially, I mean, and we'll get into more into Loki, like when we talk about the, um, the TV show, mm-hmm. but he definitely just wanted validation. Yeah. I think people were saying he seemed like he was under mind control because when he showed up, he was like, kind of like sweaty and he had that hair flip look super evil out of nowhere. And at the end of Thor, he was kind of just like crushed and just like looking for his dad to just approve of him and to be as good as Thor. Well, he wanted to rule mm-hmm. and then he probably found someone that was just like, okay, I'll give you what you want. And was actually validating him. Like, yeah, like you could rule this whole planet and mm-hmm. basically telling him everything that he wanted to hear. So he just kind of, and especially if they're evil people, he probably just leaned into it yeah. way more. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Especially now that we've seen like the first episode of Loki, like he, was not under like any mind control that not we could at see. All. Yeah. Not at all. So y'all email us if you have like theories about Loki's I mean Loki's the mental state or whatever. And also in this conversation and also in the very beginning of the movie, the other is always re- referencing someone else, you know, that was given him the power. Mm-hmm. And and says that he was um he gave Loki the knowledge and purpose and authority for his mission. So I thought that that was interesting too. Like we don't know who mm-hmm. it is just yet. And he gave him the scepter. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting since we know what. Now that we know what the scepter actually is. Mm-hmm. He was playing the long game really. Yeah. Thanos was playing uh, chess, chess out here. Checkers. He was <laughs> definitely always. And that's why we stand. <laughs> so after this is the helicarrier scene. And Steve arrives and meets the Nat- Natasha and Bruce Banner. And on the main deck, uh, it really reminded me of, like, Star Trek. Like, once they got inside, yeah. how Nick Furious was, like, in the middle and have all these people like, yes, Captain. <laughs> it almost reminded me, like, the way it looked, it almost reminded me of the the aircraft that they were in at the end of um, Captain America. Like, the way the glasses were, mm-hmm. the glasses yeah. and everything. It just looked like they kind of, like, took that... They took a lot of inspirations from Hydra. As we come to find out. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so they get inside and you can see like Steve is just very in awe of everything. Like the machines, the people, the technology. And Bruce is just like nervous. He's just walking around like kind of hiding his face. And and too, hit, you know, because at first he thinks it's going to turn into a submarine. And he's just like, oh, putting me in a, what do you say, a pressurized 
metal hand. tube yeah metal tube yeah. or whatever he's like that's a good idea and then it turns into a, a airplane and he's just like oh that's even worse yeah he's just like mm, pull him he was just stressed out this whole time yeah poor baby um so the next scene we have loki um no we have barton he's choosing his next target so they're Eric Selvit is putting together this machine so that they can, like, get the Chitauri uh, army, army there. And he needs Iridium. So, Barton tells Loki that this is where we need to go. And then Eric Selvig is, like, saying that the Tesseract has given him so much knowledge. And, and yeah. And I was thinking, like, I don't think it was the Tesseract. He called it... He accredited to the Tesseract, but it was actually the Scepter, since we know that the Mind Stone is in there. Mm-hmm. So, that's things that you peep after you've watched these movies 2,000 mm-hmm. times. Right. <laughs> so, since they're going to get the Iridium, Loki pops up on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s radar, and he's in Germany. So, Cap is going back to his old war zone, his old stomping mm-hmm. grounds. And Loki is there making a fucking scene. He gouges out that man's eyeball. Oh, my God. And he's just, like, smiling the whole time. People are screaming and terrified. And mm-hmm. he's like, yes, this is lit. <laughs> yes. I love when he transforms from, like, his, like, evening wear mm-hmm. to the, like, actual Loki cos- costume. It was so smooth. Yes. So all the, the, you know, the people are basically terrified. They run out of the building and he like is blowing up cars and shit and he makes the people like kneel before him and he pulled a king joffrey i said kneel and then he has the nerve to say like humans crave subjugation yeah and we're made to be ruled so obviously he just thinks like i mean we've known this from the first thor he's just like you just plan on earth like they're ants nobody cares about them he's just coming and killing people we don't matter. <laughs> we didn't matter to him. So yeah. Captain America shows up and he says, like, you know, the last time I was in Germany and saw a man standing above everyone, we ended up disagreeing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, energy. I love him. Come on. I love him. And this is also the first time we like re- really see him in his new suit. And I hated it. I hated this suit. Yeah. It looks like a Halloween costume. Yeah, I'm not feeling this one. It gets better. Yeah, it gets better. Even the one like the Howard Stark designed for him in the first movie, like the end, that was better than this. I think it was the color blue, like the type of blue. This one is a little bit more. It's very vibrant. It's very spangly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tony Stark, the Star Spangled Man with the plan. (laughs) What is your plan today? (laughs) What is your plan today? (laughs) I think like if it would have been a darker blue, but also like if it would have looked more like tactical. Because, mm-hmm. like, the one he has in the other movie, it's, like, a vest. It has, like, spots, like, holsters and pockets. And, like, it looks like he's actually going to be doing shit in it. Right. This one just looked cute. Like, he was going to go sing he that just, song again. No, he just needed his little uh, bodysuit. <laughs> right. He got about to go out to Bella Noche with the girl. Fashion over men. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, like they start, they were about to fight or whatever, or they are fighting, and then Iron Man makes his interest, his entrance with music, of yes, course. Yes, and he like takes over the PA, so everybody is listening to his music, right? Which I love because I like um, turning off people's Bluetooths and playing my own music. <laughs> Me and my my nieces and nephews did that at a family function before. It was funny. Wow. <laughs> 
What did y'all start playing? Booty me amigos. <laughs> Mama told me not, not to sell work. work. <laughs> y'all funny. <laughs> so he comes in, um, he calls Loki reindeer games. Yes. And I'm just like, I love how he makes these references, like pop culture references to other movies, which makes him similar to Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. But then I had to look that up. Like, what is Reindeer Games? It's a Ben Affleck movie that I'd never heard of. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. Yeah, it's it's funny. I don't know what it's about, but it's shade. Like, I love a shady nickname. And Tony Stark is like the CEO. He was giving them. And we'll talk about my favorite one. He was giving them heat and they didn't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so they get Loki and inside of the Quinjet, Tony says, uh, he's talking to Captain America and he's mm-hmm. like, I didn't know you were coming. Like Fury didn't tell me. And he was like, there's a lot of things that Fury doesn't tell you. And I think that that is like a, a hint to the fact that he already knows, uh, he has an inkling that Fury isn't giving everybody the full story. Yeah. I think he's smart and I think because like the the nicknames and how he just I think he messy. I think him and Pepper be up at Stark Tower like sh- look at your, look at this. Look at this. You see what they doing now? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> just like a couple should. Yep. If you can't gossip with your man. <laughs> right. Who could you gossip to? So, um He calls Cap a capsicle. Yeah. And he really he like you said, he was just throwing the heat. <laughs> and then, like, half the time, like, they don't even, like, react to it. No. Like, they they never say anything. Like, nobody even, like, smirks or nothing. Mm-mm. They're, like, just Tony being Tony. And I don't think, like, throughout the whole, like, series, like, nobody had nothing for Tony and his quips. Like. Well. Well, I guess not really his quips, but Cap was going, giving him, like. He was reading him for filth. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it, but he was reading him. (laughs) So, okay. Then Thor shows up and they, um, (laughs) he gets Loki and dips off, which pisses everybody off. Mm -hmm. Well, actually it pisses off Iron Man. Captain America, I think he was just kind of fucking confused. Like, Like, what is happening? What is going on? So Loki mentions, because we know in Thor, the movie, they destroyed the Bifrost, which was their way. And he says, like, wow, like, the Allfather oh. must have had to conjure a lot of dark magic to get you here. Mm-hmm. Which is dope, because I didn't know that Odin could do that. Right. I also wanted to point out, you know, it's a lot of foreshadowing and everything. But Cap says, he's like, I don't like how easily he gave up. So that's mm-hmm. just a little note. Yeah. That's very important, very actually. Because I, I think I ignored that the first time I watched this. Mm-hmm. So... Thor is there. He's trying to talk to Loki and, and like, pretty much end their beef because this is the first time they've seen each other since the last movie. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know, we all mourned you. Like, we were sad. Like, you need to come home. And Loki's just like, that's not my home. That's your daddy house. I'm not going back there. I just don't understand. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I mean, obviously, like, I don't know what it's like to be, like, an orphan and, like, raised by somebody else. But, mm-hmm. like... If this family was giving you all the love and they wanted you, mm-hmm. and as like even Th- Thor even says, he said, um, "You take the world I love as recompense for your imagined slights." Mm-hmm. Loki had a good life with a family that loved him. I kind of see it from both sides because I feel like Loki did 
have a traumatic event, which is finding out that he was not like his parents are not his parent. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I do think that he went about it the wrong way, obviously. But I think that Thor and maybe if, maybe if anybody would have like acknowledged, I think especially Thor, cause I think when he comes, he doesn't really like say like, I'm so sorry that you were lied to from birth. I'm so sorry that you feel like dad put us against each other. But he apologizes to him and Thor, and then Loki just back, back slaps him. I mean, like, backhands him. And then, like... Maybe need to go to therapy. Maybe, because, <laughs> I don't know, I just don't think that everything that he does, I don't feel like his parentage or anything like that justifies what he does. Like, that's his family. Like, it doesn't... And they like, never and treated family, him wrong. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. Even if Odin did have ulterior motives he still treated him like it was his son mm-hmm. it's not like he was like cinderella and acting like the help and everything he was raised hand yeah. in hand with his actual son so it's just like i don't think it matters as much as he's making it out to be i don't think his parentage matters as much as he's making it out to be i mean I feel like most people in that situation would have been like... I would have, obviously, I would have been hurt and like, like, damn, like you obviously go through some type of identity crisis, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't kind of betray, I mean, Odin's still alive, but I feel like he didn't raise Loki to be like that. So it was like, you're betraying his memory, going against everything that he actually taught you just because you think that he did you wrong when he didn't. Yeah. I feel like most people in this situation would have been like just accepted it like okay well I didn't know but I guess now I know now and let's just try to like remedy this and move forward and let's just be real if he was raised as a frost giant his life wouldn't have been all that great it would have been bad because obviously he was like the runt of litter or something like yeah it was like this black in blue world living in the blue world so i started watching uh iron man 3 and that song <laughs> but no like he grew up on asgard which is freaking magical and beautiful so you like think about the alternative and it would have been no like even a dream in his head if he would have been raised by like that he could rule over the nine realms that would have never been an option for him yeah that's only an option or an idea in his head because he was raised by odin mm-hmm. so uh but he is kind of delusional though because he does say he was exiled and that never that happened. never happened he left on his own choice like odin actually tried to welcome Save him, him back yeah so he is a little cray cray all right so then Iron Man shows up and punches the shit out of Thor and they have a little tussle and I feel like me and Prince had to watch this. I watched this scene about three times. Really? And I had to call him in because I was like, I feel like this is Batman syndrome in this fight scene. I feel like they gave Iron Man a lot. He's fighting a literal god. Yes. The fight shouldn't have went on that long. It did. No. Yeah. (laughs) It was a lot. And it's the same thing. I think we had kind of talked about this like a while ago. Mm-hmm. I think when we were like watching Endgame or something, it was just like, why did they act like they needed everybody else? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I thought about that at the end of this movie. I'm like, Thor could have took everybody out on his own. Yeah. But, but yeah, especially you know, they got to make it uh, an even playing field. I, that, I, guess. I guess that's what they did. Maybe, I guess the excuse we can use is that maybe Thor was pulling his punches. 
And maybe because he's like, I guess probably because he, uh, I, I mean, Tony isn't the enemy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But not that he really knows that at this point. Right. I don't know. I I was going back and forth because he did try to electrocute him with Mjolnir. He but did. at the same time, like, he could have, like, just picked the part that Iron Man suit. Like, at the end of the movie when he just pops off his face shield. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I was like, I feel like they gave him a lot. But Captain America eventually shows up. He ends the fight. And then Loki is taken back to the helicarrier and Thor comes with them. Mm -hmm. So he's put in a cage and Loki alludes in this conversation with Nick Fury that he feels like the cage was not built for him. He's he's right. It was built for the Hulk. And he uh, smiles at Bruce as he's walking by. Mm -hmm. And it's just like... What are you up to? What up, though? I'm here. (laughs) So his conversation with Nick Fury was, like, very telling. And he knows that Nick Fury has been using the Tesseract to do things. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think he says, like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I wrote that down. Like, he knows what's going on. He knows they've been using it. Loki. Oh, yes. Yeah. So then Tony And that's up. why that's why I said that they were ready for a war. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what what scene it was, but I did write it down. But that's why they felt like they were ready for a war and that's why it was kind of on their radar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so Tony shows up and he calls Thor Point Break, mm-hmm. which is another movie reference with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Mhm. I actually like that movie. I watched it. I watched it because of this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, then the um, the team quickly like pieces together Loki's larger plan, but they don't know at this time like what his motivation for was for being intentionally captured. Right. So they know that he wants to get the cube and to rule over Earth or whatever, and they know that because he's been saying that. He has an army coming or whatever. So they know that that's what's supposed to be happening. But they don't know where the cube is. And that's why Banner and Iron Man are there to help find it or whatever. So Steve mentions that they should be um, focusing on the, sept- the scepter because it works a lot like a hydro weapon. And then Fury says, well, I don't know about that. And I was just like, whole time knowing that you got mm-hmm. hydro weapons on the ship. And if that's what y'all trying to, like, duplicate. Yeah. You just bold-faced lied to Captain America. Mm-hmm. Shady. <laughs> terrible. So, Bruce and Tony, like, bond over, like, nerd shit. And that friendship is so cute. I feel like they reminded me of uh, me and you. Aww. <laughs> yeah, because Tony Stark is clearly the extrovert who adopts Bruce, the introvert. And mm-hmm. that's us. I'm the introvert. You're the extrovert. You adopted me. Pretty That's much always how at it birth. is. <laughs> right. I can't remember what happened in this scene, but I put Cap as being a major buzzkill. Major buzzkill. <laughs> and that was actually a reference to uh, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> oh, <wow. Smullers. laughs> Yeah, he is. And he immediately does not get along with Iron Man. Mm-hmm. He's like the straight man, the loyal soldier, and Stark is, like, encouraging Bruce to, like, let loose. And yes, that's strut. what it was. He told him to strut a little bit. Uh-huh. And Tony, Tony and Cap, they just... I think this is the first time they actually meet, and he's just like, that's the guy my dad was always talking about? He's mm-hmm. just like, he's lame. Right. <laughs> Basically. And they argue uh, immediately after this, and Stark is telling him that he doesn't trust S.H.I.E.L.D.'s motives and that he's in the process of hacking the system 
and Steve is just like, what? Yeah. How dare you? And then he kind of like asks Banner, like, well, what do you think? And Banner agrees with Steve. He um he says like Iron Man. Yes, sorry. <laughs> he he uh, he agrees with uh with Tony. So because ba- he's basically saying like Tony's whole building is running with arc reactor technology that was replicated by the cubes technology, mm-hmm. and they only brought in Tony after the tesseract was stolen. Mm-hmm. So it was just like they were not doing anything with energy like why is shield even in the energy business that doesn't even make sense so and tony stark is like on the cutting edge of sustainable energy Mm -hmm. they didn't ask him no questions or to consult no so it's shady exactly and so that kind of uh piques uh cap's interest as well even though he doesn't admit it he waits until he leaves the room and he's just like "Hmm, maybe they write Mm -hmm. and does his own research you know, in his old-fashioned way, using his hands and legs, and he goes and finds the old weapons. So, Thor, he's guilty. He's feeling like all of this is his fault. Um, and they do, like, say that because of what happened in New Mexico, this is why, like, you know, they started acting the way that they do. Mm-hmm. But I think... We even without them doing that, like whatever everything that happened in Thor, from what we know, I feel like Thanos and the the shit would have ended up on Earth anyway. Yeah, because the Tesseract was there and he was gonna need that. So um, Fury asks Thor like how far he's willing to go to protect Earth because obviously Loki is his brother. So I think he was saying in this situation like if it comes like, down to it, are you gonna kill your brother? Basically, yeah, and. I was wondering if you were going to notice this little continuity issue with Nick Fury's eye patch. Um, no, but you know, I like I said last week, I started watching um, Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and Fury is in one of the episodes. I think it's like the second episode, and the way that they do his scratches, mm-hmm. I feel like it changes. Mm-hmm. It did. Prince actually noticed this. Because in this movie, it's very dramatic. It's very dark. It looks very gross. And so we went back to Iron Man 2 and watched all the scenes that he was in. It's not nearly that graphic. And then in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which happens after this movie, it's almost like red. Mm. Like his scratches are almost red. And they don't look like they are bubbling up kind of Mm -hmm. like you know how when you have a scratch and stuff it yeah it's like textured yeah yeah. it was just it looked like they just put some like red lipstick on his face it was just like "Mm, that's good back when they was uh back before they were giving these tv shows the budget exactly because the budget (laughs) on this show baby (laughs) oh my god it's terrible (laughs) so after this, Natasha is sent in to interrogate Loki, much in the same manner that she does, like the Russian men in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Loki mentions that um, Agent Barton told him all about like all the bad all stuff that she's kids. done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like he mentions like Sao Paulo and a hospital fire, and I'm just like. Damn, why didn't they give her a movie? Because all of it sounds crazy. I know. And I'm pretty sure they're not going into detail with this during Man, her movie. it's probably not. But, like, Barton was the one. He was sent to kill her mm-hmm. and, and chose he, not to. Yep. And I just, I want to I wanna see that movie. I know. Ugh. 
Hopefully, I he, if he is going to make an entrance in uh, Black Widow. Yeah, because it's supposed to be kind of like a prequel. Mm-hmm. So maybe, hopefully. That'd be cool. Or at least maybe they'll like mention it or go into a little bit more detail about like the way she was before. Because mm-hmm. I like to, I like to know. And then he calls her a cunt. Yeah, he which calls is her awesome. a mewling quim, which is a uh, translates into a whining vagina. <laughs> that was fucking rude. Yeah. Disney had it really. I guess. Mm. Was it? It wasn't technically Disney back then, was it? Walt Disney produced this movie and oh. distributed it. Oh. Yeah, because I think all the other ones before this were Paramount, which is mm, okay. So, um, oh, we didn't mention before when um, Fury was talking to the whole crew, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Loki is a prisoner." And then he like he says, "Then why do I have a feeling that he's the only one that wants to be here?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> So another this inkling as to why, yeah, that, you know, it's definitely part of his plan. Yeah. So in that conversation, she ends up like figuring out that he intends to release uh, the Hulk somehow. And so they all like meet up because that puts them on edge. So they end up getting into this big ass argument because... Tony has like figured out their plans that they're making these weapons, and then Captain America shows up and with that's one of the exactly weapons. What phase two is? Yeah, and so that—that's when he tells them like it was a direct uh, result of everything that happened in Thor, and they figured that they needed to be able to stand up for themselves in case other people from space ever showed up. And this is where. <clears throat> I kind of feel like I have a continuity question. I think I know what you're about to say. Go ahead. Wouldn't he already know that they did, that there were aliens? Yes. Because of Captain Marvel. had literally been to space. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they hadn't planned on making that movie yet, or they hadn't really... Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. But... He had, he's, that's why he started the Avengers Initiative. He started it way, way, way back when Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Yeah. Because he had already had experience with extraterrestrials. Yeah. I think him and Captain America, I think, because Captain, well, he didn't know, but he saw like the portal when uh, Red Skull got transported to space. So, He knew about space, and like you said, like Nick Fury had been talking to scrolls and went to space and mm-hmm. Captain Marvel and all of that. So yeah. So after this, like Thor says that their work with the Tesseract is what attracted Loki to Earth, and it signals that Earth is ready for a higher form of battle. And that is what my point was. Yeah, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so then Tony and Cap are like getting into like a little kerfuffle. And you know what? I was like, Tony Stark talk a lot of shit for just a regular ass dude. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve is better than me because I would have punched his chest in right then and there. Seriously. Who are you talking he... to? <laughs> and this is, um, this line right here that um, Cap says, it, it's ever since Endgame came out and then I would rewatch the movies. Mm-hmm. This has always kind of been one of my favorite lines from Cap. He said, the only thing you fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play to lay on the wire and let a, the other guy crawl over you. I would just cut the wife. Yeah, and there's like, always a, a freaking way out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tony comes back and says, everything special about you came out of a bottle. And I was like, damn, Ooh. double homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that right there would have been enough. Yes, they were. We would have been boxing up in there. They were definitely going for for the low blows. Right, and then this is when he's just like. But they they kind of prove each other wrong. They do. They they still hate each other. Like I, they were never friends from mm-hmm. this movie. You can tell they were never really truly friends. No. But he was like, uh, take that suit off. What makes you special? He's genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. And then uh, Nat is like, mm, you got a point. Got not, a point there. He's not wrong. Right. <laughs> so everybody in this room is like being affected by the uh, the scepter. And I, that's, that might be why they argue, even though I feel like they already had, like, they weren't meshing together anyway. But you can see, like, some of them, like, will wipe their eyes or, like, their forehead or they just kind of look, like, off Mm -hmm. and then like people keep blinking really hard it's like weird and then like they get into that argument and then banner has kind of like this like emotional break and he tells everybody that he tried to kill himself and failed and that reminded me of like the dark version of the hulk that edward norton wanted to show but we never really got to see that Mm -hmm. so captain america and steve they keep he's like put on the suit let's go yeah they they pretty much about the box at this point and like i said i would have been kicked his chest in but that's that's just me that's why i don't have no superpowers because i wouldn't know how to act all right and then um barton and loki's other like minions show up blow a damn hole in the ship chaos ensues and then cap's like put the suit on right <laughs> hurry up come on <laughs> so at that point like I think one or two engines is down Mm -hmm. and then Tony has to go fix that so he goes and suits up then Nick sends Coulson down to like the detention center where Loki is Natasha and Bruce fall through the ground and get hurt and that's when he like hulks out and I was really impressed by this transformation in the movie like I liked how it was like a little bit of horror like it was very scary and it reminded me of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like mm-hmm. when he was talking. And I thought about A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when these like in his little monster face, they're like in the bottom of the ship. And it's similar to like this movie. So uh, Tony and Steve are attempting to fix the broken wing. Thor saves Natasha by like getting into his fight with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. But I really liked how when she was running away from the Hulk, she was still a bad bitch. Like, she wasn't crying, falling, tripping over shit, looking back. She was running, slipping through stuff. She she did a great job. But I also think it's because she was trained to not be emotional. That's true. But shit, had it been me, you see a big-ass green monster. Because she hadn't seen no I'm aliens a, or nothing. I'm not a trained assassin. No, it couldn't have <laughs> been me. And even if she would have reacted like that, like, yeah, I probably would have been kind of disappointed because it's a movie. But in real life, like, she even, like, even though Thor and Loki are gods, they're aliens, they look like humans. The Hulk, what is that? <laughs> That's a monster. Right. So, after that, um, so yeah, Thor and Hulk are fighting. And this is like their first fight. And of course, Thor is having a great time during this fight. Oh, yeah. He's smiling. Like, I love watching him fight. Like, I love watching fights in general. I'm that kind of person. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I literally hate it. I love my videos. I hate it. I'm ghetto. I I was like at a restaurant and the UFC fight was on. I was like, and it's everywhere. My eyes turn. I was just like, I can't watch this. The last night when the dude got his arm broke, you saw it? Yes. Mm. 
I didn't see it. Prince came and told me about it. I was like, ugh, was it, it dangling? Was, no, it, it was. It was, oh, God, it was so terrible. <laughs> um, so uh, their fight actually did more damage to the ship than Hawkeye. Um, actually uh, blowing it up. Yeah, they, they were fucking everything up. Um, but it ended. they ended up using a jet to, like, d- distract the Hulk. And that ended up getting him off of the ship altogether. That, I would have been so scared. Now, if I was at Airman. Man. And then, like, you try to eject and he just catches you. Like, the Hulk will square up with anything or anybody. It does not matter. Like, he has fought buildings. <laughs> he, like, does not care. Everything could get it. You really, you tried to fight an airplane. That's what's up. And he won. <laughs> yeah. So, Agent Barton, he dis- uh, disables the other engine by, like, shooting a trick arrow. And they begin to fall down. But at that point, Natasha is told to apprehend him. And it was crazy because when Nick Fury, like, when he radioed her, she was literally, like, rocking in a corner. Mm-hmm. Shook. And I was like, I feel you, girl, because me too. Yeah. So, Loki then uh, tricks Thor into his cage. He always falls for the astral projection. Every time. You would think that he wouldn't because they were raised together. And I'm sure he's been doing this since he was a little kid. And doesn't he say, he's just like, you always fall for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know Loki. if he said it in this movie or if he said it in Ragnarok, but he was right. Mm-hmm. So then um, he's in the cage and he can't get out. And Coulson does try to, like, help, but it, it doesn't work out. Poor Coulson. He gets stabbed um, by another, like, the actual Loki form because he thinks he's looking at Loki. It's another astral body. Yeah. And so, okay, so Coulson um, dies and dies. <laughs> dies with air quotes. And then Thor is ejected from the ship. Um, Nat and Barton fought, fight and she, you know, hits him really hard on the head and that kind of like knocks him out of his mind control. So the only people left on the ship is Iron Man, Captain America, Nat and Barton. <clears throat> you know, the team is scattered. Um, Thor is gone. The Hulk is gone. Barton is trying trying to get his shit together. Everybody's demoralized. Iron Man is really upset that uh, Coulson is dead because he did kind of have a personal relationship with him. But then Nick Fury uses Coulson's death to kind of like rally the team. And that's like what he said earlier. He's just like they need just need a push. Yeah, and they can be the heroes that we need. Yeah, and I thought like the private conversation that Clint and Nat had was really important because she's like ready to go fight, keep fighting. And he's just like, you're a spy. You're not a soldier. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. And this is a similar thing to what um, Iron Man says to Captain America because, you know, he's off upset because his friend died and Cap is like, is this the first time you lost a soldier? And Iron Man's like, we're not soldiers. We're regular people. But they pull it together and they all get to New York because they figure out that this is where Loki is planning to uh, do this final fight. yeah this final battle so they all suit up they get in a jet they go to New York and Tony actually gets to Stark Tower first and Loki is there he tries to shut down the machine on the roof but he can't he accidentally locks out Eric Selvig in the process and then he goes inside to change his suit and he has this conversation with Loki and essentially threatens him. <clears throat> and says, like, you know, 
this is not about to work out the way that you think it's going to work out mm-hmm. because we're going to fight to the death. And if we lose, we're still going to be on your ass, basically. Right. Thor tells him something pretty similar. Like in the next scene, when Thor gets there, he's just like, there's no throne. There, There's no version of this where you end up on top. Mm-hmm. You might as well stop now. Right. But he doesn't fucking listen to anybody. So he ends up uh, getting the portal open and all of these like alien monsters come through and just chaos ensues like all of new york is just in shambles yo new york gets wrecked it's so bad like all the people are terrified like they are just killing buildings like they're trying to hold people hostage like it was really really bad and Mm -hmm. the team like they did the best they could like they were like realistically they would have lost yeah how they were grossly outnumbered yeah Realistically, if Hope wouldn't have showed up, it would have been over with. Especially when them big ass turtle things <laughs> came oh out that God. portal, yes. it would have been over if Hope wouldn't have showed up. Like Thor, he was helping the Hulk, but I think the Hulk pretty much took out two of those turtle things mostly by himself. So, Cap, you know, in the battle, you do see a lot of everybody like playing to their strengths. Yes, and I thought it was funny that Tony called Hawkeye Legolas. Legolas. <laughs> I wrote that down and then he's like and uh captain is given all the orders mm-hmm. and he's just like Hulk smash <laughs> like, and then and then I wrote that Hulk knew the assignment he did. smash he definitely did that he smashed everybody mm-hmm. um so I, I did notice this like and this is where I was gonna talk about Barton like he is very talented yes his trick shots, the arrows. I'm like, yo, he got to be cross-eyed or he just don't be looking at the target. I don't understand mm-hmm. it because his arrow will be going like to the right and his eyes will stay straight. And I'm like, what is he looking at? Man, he up there like feeling the the, wind, the colors of the wind and shit. Something. I love it. And I like, I mean, he was pretty essential in this battle too because, yeah. you know, he was observant. He was very observant of how the little alien things cornered and yeah he was calling out their patterns and stuff and relaying it to the team one thing that i had uh put down was that you know we get we do slander hawkeye a lot Mm -hmm. but for a regular human he doesn't have any serums no suits no money nothing like that he kicks ass yeah and there's a lot of times throughout the mcu where he he does things for the team that no one else does, like in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like a motivator. Yeah. And, you know, when the team needed somewhere to be and kind of like collect themselves and stuff like that, he provided that. Mm-hmm. He, mo- I mean, we'll get to it, but he motivated Wanda to be the bad bitch she could be. Yeah. Like, he sent her on her journey. I'm gonna start giving him his flowers because I'm still gonna roast him, but I just everything you're saying is, is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does, he his own team even roast him, but like, yeah, I just feel like he is not nearly as shitty as we, <laughs> yeah, he definitely played his role. Natasha, too, I did write that like down. The, too. They, they're both the same, it's just like yeah. they know that they can't jump hundreds of feet in the air and shoot lasers and summon thunder and all of this stuff but what they do they do it fucking and they amazingly. are very like fearless too yes to be fighting alongside literal gods yeah and stuff like that and to basically just be like well 
we don't do what needs to be done. That scene when Natasha like jumps off of Steve's shield onto the alien ship, she's like flying. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to catch you. There's no airbags. There's no parachutes. And she was doing the and damn you, thing. And she is a human, so if she fell, yeah. she would break actual bones. Yes. I was like, ma'am, <laughs> are you sure? Yes. Are you she, sure that's what you want to do? They're so fearless, and they kick ass, and they're talented. I don't understand why uh, Hawkeye doesn't have, like, a thing that makes arrows that comes out. Yeah, because it's the so finite it's like amount infinite. of arrows that he has. Yeah, it should be infinite ammo. Yeah. <laughs> he needs some Stark tech. Yeah. <laughs> so Hawkeye and Natasha are like very integral in the battle. She's actually the one who figures out like what they need to close the portal. Yeah. She gets there on the alien ship and then Selvig, who has come back to his senses, says that Loki's scepter is a failsafe. And because the Hulk just beat his ass, the scepter is right there. So she mm-hmm. goes and picks it up. So she gets the scepter. She's ready to close the portal. She radios and tells Sorry, y'all. Um, radios and tells everybody. And Tony tells her no because she, he knows that there is an incoming nuke. Yeah. So the damn council has decided to just blow all that shit up mm-hmm. since we can't win. And Nick Fury said, like, it was a stupid-ass idea. Like, Yeah, so I'm not about to do that. It's literally billion not billions millions mm-hmm. of people on the island of Manhattan and you just gonna blow all of them up and I and just think that understand. it's not gonna be any fallout it wouldn't even work like no. in these movies these military people they're, they're all always... their first solution is a nuclear weapon yes what was that what was blowing up the ground gonna do if the aliens are coming from the sky exactly and they were steadily coming out so I'm like unless you had the nuke that was like kind of almost like a drone and it was gonna go up and basically do what tony did it mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked and then like the monsters weren't like super strong no they could have just mobilized the national guard and cleaned it up to be honest exactly stupid uh and one thing that i noted that uh two sets of teams that were just fighting each other on the aircraft you know uh tony and cap and mm-hmm. thor and hulk we're actually working together at a certain point mm-hmm. in this fight. And I like that. Yeah. I like the just, just the position. They were working together, even though like they all had like different personalities and shit. And they didn't like each other. Yeah. They made it work. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, Nick Fury tries to keep the missile from like launching off of the helicarrier, which is crazy that they just like flying around the sky with nukes. I didn't know that that was, like, a thing, but okay. I thought, like, nuclear weapons were, like, in a base, and you had to have the two keys at the same time to turn it in, the whole countdown Girl, system. Girl, they probably got one in each state. They, they, they probably do. They got them everywhere. Oh this, I'm sure if there's, like, a base, there's some type of missile there. That's that can so scary. Fuck shit up. That's terrifying. It <laughs> would be, like, a Chernobyl for weapons, or, like, yeah, if, like, if it accidentally blew up. Wouldn't that be freaking crazy? That would be awful. Oh my God. So he tries to stop them with a rocket launcher. He does blow up one, but the other one ends up taking off. So. You would think that it would have been a bigger explosion since it was a missile that just, like yeah. an airplane with a missile on it. Oh, yeah. I just thought about The that. whole thing should have blew up. Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. That probably wasn't a smart idea, now that I'm thinking about it, to blow up a plane. that. Well, but he, I guess he was kind of aiming for like the, the leg. What is it called? The wheels. (laughs) (laughs) 
Planes have legs too. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But so the other one does take off, and then Iron Man intercepts it and pushes it through the portal. And when the mothership is destroyed, then all of the creatures are too. It was a Night King situation. Yeah. So then Nat closes the portal, and Tony makes it through just in time. And the Hulk ends up catching him before he hits the ground. And that was sweet. They had a sweet little moment because when they thought he was dead, like even though Steve don't like him, he was dead. And then Hulk yells at him and he wakes up. up. He's like, bitch, I'm up. (laughs) (laughs) But he also, uh, he's like, I hope no one, none of you kissed me. Right. He wake up on jokes, like on bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. Tony Stark don't take nothing serious. And I'm like, Tony is me because he was just like thinking about food. And I'm like, I'm thinking about food right now. So <laughs> I think they have like a bonus scene when they're all like, they're at the eating shawarma the shawarma. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it, but I knew that it was there. So I knew it didn't have to I don't watch even know it. how I saw that. It must have been like a random YouTube video or something. It's at the very end of the credits. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, they all link up, go back to Stark Tower, and square up with Loki's punk, punk ass. And it's pretty much a wrap at that point. They show uh, like a little montage over the end where the Avengers are now famous. Some people are very happy about what happened. Other people are like questioning their responsibility and like the, probably the millions and millions of dollars worth of damage that they did. And so it's a senator that says the heroes should be responsible for the damage. And I'm like, like what like I said throw him in the hole Shani what does that even mean <laughs> what hole? I don't even know what that means but uh if the Avengers weren't there it would have been way worse yeah so it's like yeah they did do a lot of damage, but I feel like that, the, like the ends justify the means. Like, what were they supposed to do? They should have just, they would have been like, dang. Fight me, but don't hit that person's car. Dang, that's crazy. They have car insurance, and this probably doesn't cover it, so just be careful while you're trying to take over the world. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Superhero insurance. Right. So, um, they also, like, question their mysterious appearance and disappearance because this is the first time that anybody has seen most of these people. Mm-hmm. Sure, everybody thought that Captain America was dead. They probably thought he was just, like, a comic book character, honestly. Yeah. Um, they knew about Iron Man, but that was pretty much it. So, Thor and Loki take the Tesseract back to Asgard. Um, then everybody just goes their separate ways. The new besties go off together, Tony and Bruce. Um, and the council is saying that they should have taken Loki as prisoner. And I'm like, what were they going to do with a demigod as a prisoner? Right. He would have either, like, I mean, if S.H.I.E.L.D. couldn't keep him in that damn Incredible Hulk jail thing. Yeah. What were y'all going to do with him in a regular ass jail cell? I, I'm like, you know what? Y'all just need to know your role and shut your mouth because Honestly, this is kind of a, above your pay grade. They have so many bad ideas, like this whole damn movie. Yeah. So uh, after this, like the movie is over and then the post credit scene is just Thanos mm-hmm. smiling and looking like a purple villain. And that's it. That's the movie. Yeah. Spitting Sunny Thanos. Mm-hmm. My baby. So this week we're not going to do what we watching because we are going to do a bonus episode about the Loki series. So make sure you watch that episode. It's coming up. We're going to record that right now. Yep. 
So it'll seem, it'll be a completely different episode, but it'll actually be recorded like five minutes from now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you guys so much for watching and hanging out with us. We are the South Side of Wakanda podcast, and this was our Avengers rewatch. Yeah. Next week, we will be talking about Iron Man 3. Yes. I'm actually really excited. I, I started it, so... I'm actually really excited about that one. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I'm interested to watch Tony Stark deal with his PTSD. Yes, it's like I'm like 20 minutes in and he's already going through it. He's a wreck. Mm-hmm. And also head over to our social media and give us a like and a follow. Thank you guys so much for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.